Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all-star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock a Day in Our Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host, from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. It's Lisa, and today is, what day is today? Wednesday. Today's Wednesday, and it feels like Thursday to me, but it's Wednesday, and I am going to publish this one um, as soon as I'm done recording it. A little bonus podcast, if you will, Um, and it's... Again, I said if if it's not largely about IEPs, then I'm not going to, I'm going to do it as as bonus episodes. So that doesn't mean I'm going to rant though. People go, oh my God, that means she's going to rant about something. But there is something I wanted to talk about and I want to wrap up since April is wrapping up this week um, and awareness month and acceptance month and all that fun stuff. Um, just a couple of incidents happened and it's not necessarily worthy of a blog post so I just thought I'd do a little bit of a brain dump here um I'm trying to organize my thoughts better so yeah it's about ableism again but please don't tune out um because I think this is this is really this is really an important issue to me, because I am sure that some things that I say and do are still ableist. I'm sure of that because I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to learn, um, but I'm sure that I still make mistakes because how we're brought up and how we've been like programmed so to speak um it's you know those kinds of things can be hard to overcome when you've just been brought up you know with society telling you something and you learn something um and then as you grow as an individual you learn a different point of view it's still hard sometimes to get over those biases. So I just want to preface that by saying, I know that I still make mistakes um, and I'm not trying to be particularly pious by saying, um, saying that just that, you know, like, Oh, I'm better than you because I'm trying. Um, But I am trying and I'm trying to be a better person for my kids. And I'm trying to be a better person for, you know, society in general and to help our kids overcome the many obstacles and roadblocks that society puts up for them. That being said, I've, I personally feel like I've come a long way in the past, you know, well, Kevin's 12 years old. Um, I've really come a long way in learning about this. And I just, 
it's made me a happier and calmer and more peaceful person. I think it's helped my kids. And I mean, and that's just what I want for all of our kids. Um, because ableism is real. It exists. Um, the disability community is screaming about it and writing about it and tweeting about it all the time. Um, so I just wanted to bring up two incidents recently that, that happened that just kind of demonstrate ableism and, and just, I don't know, I guess they just demonstrate it just, it, they bothered me and, and I will, um, let, let me just describe them to you. So first of all, for those of you who are wondering like what ableism is, um, it's a newish term started, I believe in Europe before it was kind of adopted over here. Um, but it's basically discrimination and social prejudice against people with disabilities. Um, it means that you kind of define people by their disabilities and that people with disabilities are seen as inferior to non-disabled people. If you look up the hashtag on Twitter, you'll find, um, just a ton of stuff, a ton of, and a ton of like really enlightening and valuable information. Um, there are a lot of organizations and authors and writers and bloggers who are passionate about this and passionate about uh, dismantling ableism. So, um, so, okay. So what does ableism look like? I know that I've told this story a zillion times. I'm going to tell it again. Um, and that is when I was pregnant with Kevin, we were about that midway point through and the nurse, the OB nurse at my appointment asked me again if I wanted to do an amnio and I declined. And I remember saying to her, you know, oh, it won't make a difference either way, blah, 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 right? Because that's what we say. Um... And she said, not everyone who receives a diagnosis, um, prenatal diagnosis, terminates. She said, but it gives you a chance to mourn your typical child and prepare for life with a special needs child. So think about that for a minute. My child, I was being told by the medical community that I should mourn his very existence. He wasn't even born yet, right? He wasn't even sustainable yet. We're not even at 20 weeks. And I was told that if he's disabled, that I should mourn who he is. That is one concept. And, and I've, and I, I know I've said this before. I want to punch myself in the face for even thinking like that because I have I said that over the years to other parents of oh well you have to mourn your losses and you have to mourn your typical child um and all that so and and if you're listening to this you might be thinking well yeah I do have losses and my child's not going to go to college and my child can't do this and he can't do that um which again means we're defining our kids 
based on their skill set and we're defining their happiness and our happiness based upon our kids' abilities and talents that they were born with or lack thereof. Um, there's a blog post I have linked. Um, the blog is called Suburban Autistics. And she has a, a great blog post called Grief Isn't Natural. Because a lot of parents will tell you, well, yeah, it's a natural byproduct of having a disabled child that you need to grieve. Um, and as far as telling people what to feel, she says, I am not saying that anyone is necessarily good or bad for feeling something. What I am saying is that grieving for your child, for your living child, is a product of ableism and a product of hatred of the disabled. It is not innate, and I also don't believe it is healthy for families and disabled people within those families. Feelings about disabled children don't exist from within a vacuum, but from within an ableist society that devalues them from birth and teaches others to do the same. And that really strikes home for me because that's what I was told from before birth. Halfway through my pregnancy, I was told that if this child is disabled, I should be sad. I should cry. I should mourn for him, mourn for my loss. I've suffered a loss because my child was not born typical. Isn't that crazy? Now, I had someone recently this month say something on her Facebook page about she celebrates her child, but she doesn't celebrate autism. And I kind of let her have it because that really steams me because autism is a part of who these folks are. It's a part of who my son is. Um, and I, I, I just, it really got on, it just hit me the wrong way. Um, but then she said to me, well, you don't celebrate seizures. And, <laughs> oh yeah, you're damn right. I don't celebrate seizures. However, Autism by itself is not life-threatening. Seizures are. My son has a life-threatening seizure condition. I absolutely think you should be sad if your child has a life-threatening condition, and I know many kids who do. But as far as, you know, an intellectual disability, a learning disability, that's who he is. I'm not going to mourn that. So this person with autism goes on to say, we already received the message that society considers us defective, doesn't want us, and that we are an inconvenience to everyone. Why would it be good for disabled people to hear how disappointed our parents are with us? Why would it feel good or be helpful to have our lives held up next to a dead person's and contrasted for similarities? Messages that their lives are inherently less worthy than those of their non-disabled peers are something that disabled children are likely to hear the rest of their lives. 
Why would we begin that at home in the place where most children get to be loved and comfortable and accepted? So this blog post, um, as I said, written by an autistic person, obviously has the ability to express her thoughts and feelings very well. Um, And you'll find many other blogs along the same way. And these folks say things like this over and over and over, that this bothers me. This is ableism. This is offensive. And what's surprising to me is how often, and I'm guilty of it too, how often someone just doubles down, digs their heels in, and instead of saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I offended you, Wow, I never thought of it that way. Thank you for sharing with me. They double down and, well, these are my feelings. I'm entitled to my feelings. Because the only reason that we're sad when we learn our child has a disability is because society tells us this is a sad thing. Imagine if we lived in a world where it was just... You know, learning your child has a disability is the same as saying, hey, it's going to rain today. That's not how it goes. Right? Most of us, if you're listening to this, have been, been through this and been through the doctor or nurse or clinician, whoever it is, um... You know, they don't sit across from you to tell you this news. They grab a chair and they sit next to you and they get out the box of tissues and they talk in the nice, quiet, calm voice. And they tell you, you know, their findings and the diagnosis. So you're told from the very moment that you receive the news, you're told that this is a sad, tragic thing. I remember um, we knew, I mean, we knew in our hearts, my husband and I, that um, Kevin was intellectually disabled or developmentally disabled, whatever you want to call it. Um, But I didn't have him officially diagnosed until he was in preschool because we were trying to get him into um, a couple of different placements for kindergarten, and these particular placements required different diagnoses. And the only diagnosis that he had at that time was his genetic disorder. He didn't have the accompanying um, diagnoses of autism and, and all that. So anyway, went, went to a place and had him evaluated. And for me, it was just a formality. I knew he had autism. I knew he was developmentally delayed or disabled or whatever you want to call it, IDD. Um, so I knew that. And, um, the young woman who was charged with gathering all the reports and giving me the information, I mean, it was almost like 
a bad Saturday Night Live skit, the way she was tripping over her words and didn't want to say it and blah, 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 and then just kind of pointed to it on a piece of paper. And at the time, because Pennsylvania hadn't changed their language yet, at the time, um, his early records actually say mentally retarded. Um, because, again, we hadn't, the, lang the official language hadn't been changed yet. That's what was still being used. And I was just like, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I know. That's why I'm here. Um, I wanted to get him into some schools. And he had to have that diagnosis to be admitted to some schools. But again, the message was sent to me that this is such horrible news that it's not even to be said out loud. We don't even say it out loud. We just point to it on a piece of paper. I was told how to feel about my child for years. I mean, I'm still told that. We are told how to... Nobody tells me how to feel about Brian. Do they? Nobody tells me how... I should feel about having him as a child. But everyone seems compelled to share with me how I should feel about Kevin. Isn't that bizarre? When you think about it. So, okay. So let me get... That's my background. Let me get into... Because I'm going to go off for hours here. Um, this week on Facebook. Twice. Or within the past two weeks. Actually, one just happened yesterday day before whatever um but one was last week i belong to copa which is the council of parent advocates i belong to copa i follow their facebook page i receive their email um and the other day they posted a link to an article and it said here is an article um which quoted one of our copa board members and this particular board member apparently is on the spectrum and he has since become an attorney. And hold on, I'm looking for the quote because I can't, because they've since deleted it. Um, but he was talking about how he is a lawyer with autism. And the quote that they used was um, this. I think people are becoming more willing to be out of the closet because some of the stigma is gone. It's not just a bunch of people who are sitting in corners banging their heads. We are fully functioning. So, here's a quiz. Can you spot the ableism in that quote? Um, because I saw it right away. What I felt and what a lot of people agreed with me felt is that it inherently implies that he has value because even though he has autism, he became an attorney and he has, he's no longer sitting in a corner banging his head. Well, you know what? There are still thousands of children and adults who are sitting in corners, rocking, flapping, and banging their heads. And... It's not their fault that we don't know how to reach them. 
and those folks still have value. So it implies that, hey, it's okay to have autism if you're fully functioning. And those were his exact words. We're fully functioning. It's okay to have autism if you can become an attorney. That's why we're coming out of the closet because we can't, I, got, I became an attorney. But I guess if you're sitting in a corner rocking or headbanging, just stay in the damn closet, right? So anyway, saw that. I was, I was peeved to say the least. So I just left a little comment and I said, you know what? The people who are sitting in corners have nothing to be ashamed of. Every person has value. And I didn't mean to start a shit storm, but I did. Um, because a couple of people were like, yes, thank you for saying something. And this is offensive and so on. This, this bothers me. Um, this is inappropriate, especially coming from COPA, which is supposed to be a, you know, an advocacy agency for people with disabilities. Um, but then again, about that digging your heels in. So the person who, um, from COPA, who put the post on Facebook, she wasn't the person quoted in the article, nor was she the person who wrote the article, but she basically said, like it or not, they are the thoughts and opinions of the people who express them, to which they are entitled. Like it or lump it, folks. Just because the person has autism who said that doesn't mean that they have carte blanche access to just insult Others with autism who function at different levels, different abilities, different skill sets. There's this, there's this hierarchy of disability. And that's another great term to look up if you want to read more on that. Look up hierarchy of disability. Because as doors open for people with disabilities, which are still very, very slow to open... As these doors open, the folks who function at lower levels, lower functioning, and I know I hate higher fun- I hate high functioning, low functioning too, but right now uh, my, I, I can't think of another way. Give me a different term, right? Give me a different term to use and I'll use it. Um, different skill sets. But those individuals who have fewer skill sets are just being left in the gutter. And we've got to overcome it as, as a community. So anyway, that was the one incident of ableism that I experienced this week. And again, it just bothers me, especially because this is an agency who is supposedly solely devoted to advancing our interests as a disability community, advancing our interests in the public school system. That's like really their own that's you had one job <laughs> you had one job and that was it and instead of saying you know what I didn't wow um I didn't see it that way or I didn't I didn't see I didn't understand it that way but thank you for sharing it was well like it or not it is what it is um So the other one was just um, 
for April, I shared a, a blog post that I've done on able, ableism and um, in it, I have, I, I mean, I didn't even write that much of the blog post to myself. It was really about highlighting other folks' blogs and links and quotes and things like that. But again, talking about ableism and mourning and this whole concept of mourning and um, and mourning your child's existence. Um, and again, it's just bizarre to me that every time I put this post on Facebook, how much vitriol comes out directed toward me. And this isn't an idea or a concept that I made up. I'm merely sharing a concept that I've learned elsewhere. And... Uh, I don't know. I, I just, it, it just leaves me feeling quite hopeless sometimes because I think, first of all, I think of the time I wasted being sad over my child rather than just enjoying him for the wonderful human being that he is. Um, that that makes me sad and that makes me angry that, that I was just, and I, then I get mad at myself because I'm generally a free thinker and confident. So I kind of get mad at myself for allowing society to tell, I allowed society to tell me how to feel over my child. And that bothers me that I did that. But, um, it also bothers me just for the many kids who, and there's a lot of bloggers, not a lot, there's many bloggers out there who just wallow in this and this just, they just get stuck. You know, one of my friends said they fell in the hole and that's just it. You fall in this hole and you just can't even see out, but their whole existence is basically over crying over how their child is and how miserable their life is, um, Instead of, I don't know, I just think kids feed on this stuff, you know? Kids sense this stuff. Kevin is one of the most perceptive kids I know. Just because he doesn't know how to talk, there are just things he does and that we can just tell that he feels a room. He knows. Um, and I just think what life must be like for these kids who are living in these homes where mom is constantly crying and doing Facebook videos um, and Facebook posts and sharing about how sad their life is because of their child. So, um, anyway, um, there's been a lot written on this. Um, again, if you look up the hashtag ableism, um, another great person to read and follow, if you haven't um, heard of them before, it's called the Disability Visibility Project. Um, there's another great blog post um, on the Thinking Person's Guide to Autism, which is a great blog in and of itself to follow. 
but um, there's one that she talks about the toxicity of autism parent memoirs. Um, and again, if I don't understand why, why if a parent, if a person with autism says, I find this language and behavior toxic to my well-being, I don't understand why people, well, I'm entitled to that. Like it or lump it. It is what it is. This is how I feel. You know, um, kids with autism more than anyone else need a safe space. You know, as Dr. Phil says, your home is your soft place to land. And um, we need to be that for our kids. So anyway, look it up. Thinking Person's Guide to Autism. Um, Alice Wong and the Disability Visibility Project. Um, and what was the other one I mentioned? Oh, I can't think of her name right now. Um, oh, Suburban Autistics. Um, those are three great ones to start. Um, COPA has since, they edited the, the blog post, or not the blog post, the Facebook post on their page to take the quote out. The link is still there if you want to take a look at that. Um, I deleted the one on my page. I just get tired of nastiness on the page and negativity. Um, I'm a big believer in environment and energy and aura and what surrounds you. Um, and I don't like to have a ton of negative energy on my page, so I deleted it. Um, but that's it. All right, I've rambled on long enough. I am getting ready to load up the May podcasts on the site. So stay tuned and thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Don't IEP Alone podcast. No parent should have to IEP alone. And with a day in our shoes, you don't have to. For more IEP assistance and letter templates, visit adayinourshoes.com. For ongoing assistance and support, follow our Facebook page and group.
my way. It's gone my way. It's gone my way. It's gone my way. 